Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Preacher's Corner. I'm Pastor Jay, and today we're getting into the depth of Revelation chapter number 16, and it's going to be a good time, so let's get rocking. Alrighty, folks, here we are at Revelation chapter number 16. We read through the first portion of this chapter, but we're going to go back over it now. We're going to go a little bit more in depth. So if you take a look at verse number 1 of chapter 16, you're going to hear this loud voice from the temple commanding the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. Keeping in mind, as we were discussing yesterday, that there's nothing left to hinder God from dumping the absolute wrath that he has for wickedness out on the world. He has received his 144,000. He has received every, la every last of the of the martyred saints and the promise that's that's happening now with these bowls being poured out is the promise that was made to them back in chapter number 6 between verses 9 and 11. You're seeing the fulfillment of, of just God's superior wrath. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He's just, he's just dumping his wrath out on, on the wickedness of this world. And at that, it's a deserved wrath. It's unlike the, the anger that we have as mankind on this earth, where oftentimes that anger is unwarranted or it is excessive. It's too much. We shouldn't have been that, that wrathful or that angry. God is absolutely just in the wrath that he's pouring out because this is a wrath that has been held back from mankind for millennium. This is this is a wrath that has been at bay because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so by the time this is being poured out, it's because mankind has just absolutely rebelled. I mean, there's just no way they're turning back. They they have rejected God, and so his wrath must pour. It says in, in verse 1, go. And that word go is, is a very powerful verb that that is in Greek, but in this place, this is the same two letters that Jesus would say unto his disciples that said, go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel to every creature in our great commission that we call it. The concept of this verb to go is is carrying the meaning of in in the path and the time that you're going in. So when he said, go and pour out the bowls, he said, as you're going along through this world, just absolutely dump every ounce of the wrath that I have filled up into these vats, which means that no part of this globe is going to find itself secured from this wrath. Every ounce of this earth will feel the wrath of God. So what is the first bowl? So in verse number two, it says, So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Just like what happened to Job. If you recall Job, Satan inflicted these these loathsome sores that were foul. And and really what you'll find is that Job was covered from the top of his head down to the bottom of his feet in these boils, in the in these 
rankish sores that would rise up on him and that it would be necessary for him to take broken pottery and cut the the ends of those sores so that they would release their pressure and pour out their infection and the pus and try to dig the cores out but of course as soon as he he relieved himself from some of them more would rise up on his flesh causing absolute pain and suffering and at this this was Satan's work. God told Satan that he could do whatever he wanted to do to Job, but that he was not permitted to take his life. And so Satan did the one thing that he knew would be most miserable to a point where where Job would want to take his own life. And if you get back into chapter, say, 17 to, to 30 in Job, a lot of times you'll find him in his prayers lamenting the fact that he's still alive and asking God for the privilege of dying because these sores are so merciless, they're so painful to Job. And that is a connection that is happening with what is now being poured out on the, the children of wrath, those children of disobedience to follow Satan, is that he's getting a little bit of his own medicine at this point, whereas God has reversed the role and now the sores are upon the, the lost instead of Job. But we also find that the same thing would take place when there would be that murmuring and that backbiting that would happen with Miriam and 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 with Aaron against Moses that they would also have sores come upon them that were foul and loathsome just like this just like those boils or or something nasty like hemorrhoids i think is in one place in the bible that they contracted one of the plagues that was placed upon egypt because the pharaoh would not release the children of god was these loathsome sores so throughout the scripture what my point is is that you'll find these sores popping up all over people rather of god's children because of their rebellion or because of the world and and their rebellion these sores are a pretty common phenomena that takes place within the societies of man throughout the ages. And thus, this is going to be times one million. The, the pain and suffering that these people are going to have to face because of the wrath of God is going to be a multiplier of a thousand, no doubt, with these sores. And it comes down to verse number three. It says, And the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea. On the sea. Now, the first bowl is coming on to mankind, the second bowl is coming on to the sea. And it became blood as of a dead man, and every living creature of the sea died. Now, a little bit different from that which took place with the, with the second trumpet that was sounded over in Revelation chapter number 8 where that great mountain struck the oceanic systems and only one-third of the oceanic systems would would become blood and that the aquatic life and one-third of that oceanic system would suffer and the ships and all of the things that would be applied to that. But now with this bowl being poured out into the sea, the entire oceanic systems of the globe have turned to blood and as we had said in that that particular broadcast i don't months ago 
as we had said in that particular broadcast, that that fish cannot breathe blood. There's no oxygenation for their gills to be able to separate, to, to be able to breathe. And so with the whole oceanic system becoming blood, and, and at that, the blood of a dead man, as you would say, then there's nothing in the in the aquatic arena. There's nothing in the aquatic life to include those those air breathing mammals like whales, like dolphins. They're gonna get choked as well because they're they're having to swim. They're having to live in the midst of this blood, and as they as they open their mouth to feed, their food sources are going to be dead because they're, they can't breathe. And so their food sources are going to become polluted. And then they're going to eat those food sources. They'll become polluted. So there's just absolutely nothing in the ocean that's going to be able to survive. Even, even if you think about the, the viscosity measures between what is that that salt water and what would be the thickness of that blood that even even sea bearing vessels at that point would not be able to cruise through that that blood that their their engines would get overheated because of the the weight of the blood versus the the normal weight and viscosity of the water there's all kinds of issues that are going to happen in the sea. And by the way, what's going to happen to man as he no longer has an oceanic system to be able to thrive from as concerning food, as the fishermen can no longer catch fish, as, as the crabbers can no longer catch crabs, you, you have no lobster, you, you, you don't have anything there's no fishing industry anymore. Your vessels are wearing out because of the, the thickness of, of the blood at this point that is your oceans now. Uh, what, what in the world do you do? What do you do? Mankind shall suffer from this one. But they're not done yet. Here in verse number 4, it said, Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and on the springs of water, and they became blood. And <laughs> Note the fact that, that every single ounce of God's creation is going to be impacted. First, he started with mankind himself, for he is a very special creation under a very special rebellion that deserves a very special suffering. But then he strikes the fresh or the salt water systems. He completely eliminates the oceanic systems, and now he strikes the freshwater systems just like you saw a glimpse of back there in Revelation chapter number 8. Remember when wormwood hit the, the freshwater systems and many people died because they were poisoned by the bitterness of the waters and, and this wormwood got in, into the water systems. Well, now God is doing things in a completion as he has dealt with as he has dealt with man, and, and there is no more influence of the gospel on this earth, regardless of, of what people group that he would have had, rather of the martyred saints of the 144,000 or the angels flying through the sky. Man has reached a perfect rejection. He's reached that perfect uh, rebellion in his heart. And so God is, is perfectly pouring out his wrath on every ounce of his creation, which, by the way, will 
affect man in every conceivable way. So that third angel poured out the bowl and the rivers and springs of water and they became blood. And this is kind of important to understand too. It's like where, where we're living here in Martin. We're, we're being fed basically a, a water that is coming from a rural setup that, that is from Velva, probably what, uh, 25, 30 miles down the road, maybe 40 miles. And so we're we're not well water out here anymore, but we're actually receiving water. Well, all of that water would be uh, turned to blood. So when I come in and I turn on my faucet, I'd have blood coming through the faucet. And you can imagine how that's going to smell. You jump into the shower to take a shower, you got blood coming through the shower. There's there's no escaping that. All of your pipes, they're going to be filled with blood. And if you think, well, you know, I'm not connected to a rural water system or I'm not connected to a city water system, then, then I've got my own well. I'm going to be good. Well, those wells draw from, from artesian flows that are under the ground that are connected in, in form and fashion to river systems. Essentially, they're underwater rivers, or underground, I should say, river systems. And, and you, you're going to see that they're turned to blood. All fresh water is going to turn to blood. Your, your lovely Smith Mountain Lake, your... Your, your lovely lakes in, in the particular area that I'm at all turn to blood. And, and at that, all of your freshwater uh, aquatic life is going to die. The fish can't survive. The trout and the, the salmon, the, the walleye, and the pike, that none of those are going to be able to survive because they can't breathe blood. And so you're going to have a death to your freshwater system aquatic life. You're going to have... A suffering of mankind, certainly, because all of our homes, regardless if we're connected to city water or if we're connected to rural water station or we're connected to a well, it doesn't matter. All of our water is coming from a river at some point of time or another, and all of our water is going to be polluted. There's no way to get around this. And verse number 5 goes forward to tell us, And I heard the angel of the waters saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things. You're righteous. You know, it, you start hearing about these things, and some of the comments that I used to, to re, remember being made is, I mean, th these are so severe. These judgments are so powerful. I mean, it, just, it's hard to wrap our thought around who this God is, who this God is, because we've spent so much time investing our mind and thinking, oh, you know, the loving God and the and the giving God and the forgiving God and the and and the peaceful God and the and and we 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 have this image of God that is in in all of His goodness, but we've separated our heart from the reality of His justice. We've separated our heart from the reality of this God who is so good that 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 which would violate His goodness brings forth His wrath, and we don't want to know this God of wrath. We don't want to hear about this God of justice. We don't. We don't want to face these judgments that would be poured out of, upon sin and upon sinners because we are sinners. 
Now we have that forgiveness and the blessing of that salvation that has been promised to us from our God, and that is something that is is done. But it doesn't change the fact that those that we see as not being faithful to the Lord, we want them to have a hope of of some type of peace, of some type of eternity of eternity and oftentimes we'll convince ourselves that god won't won't do something to them like what we read here because they're basically good people they just maybe they haven't made a profession in jesus yet maybe they haven't necessarily you know cared about things of god or cared about the church or anything like that but they're basically good people so certainly god wouldn't do this yeah he he is You've got to warn them. You've got to tell them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've got to encourage them to come to Jesus and be saved because this is going to happen. This is, this is a taste of the reality of who God really is. And, and the, the bowls that are being poured out here are, are really bowls of promise. And when God makes a promise, you know he doesn't break his promises. And he promised those people who were mercilessly slaughtered by the same people who now must have to drink the blood of their judgment. You see, these people that we're, we're concerned for that are having to go through these judgments, having to go through these moments, are the same people who would mercilessly and with actually with joy slaughter those martyred saints. And so the blood that they're drinking in their homes now and the blood that has filled the oceans now is 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 a judgment of the of the multiple millions of people's blood that will be shed by these wicked souls who seem to be pretty good people. It's important to get the right perspective of what's happening here. This isn't an unholy God. These aren't unholy acts. This is the justice of an almighty and righteous God who is exacting perfect vengeance for that which which he promised to avenge. So we've got to we've got to have a right mind about this. We got to keep our heads wrapped up on this. And look at what verse number 6 says. It proves my point by Scripture. For they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. There you have it, guys. Plain and simple. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Well, now we've got the third bowl. So the, the first bowl, as you recall, would, would come down and absolutely devastate mankind with this, this boil, with, the, with these sores that would rise up all over them, almost as it would be melanoma, just so painful and, and, and a bulbous kind of sword that just rises up and causes absolute nightmare within the body because of how that taps the nervous system. Then the second 
bowl would be poured out on the sea. The third bowl be poured out on the fresh water systems. And now you have the fourth bowl. Now the fourth bowl is... I mean, all the rest of them are pretty tough. But the fourth bowl, that's going to be a nightmare. Because in verse number 8 and verse number 9, Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. So you've, you're, you're struggling and you're suffering because you have no fresh water system of, to, to be able to drink from. You're going to have to work through uh, some type of filtration systems, but even your filtration systems are going to get inundated by the blood, and, and there's, just, there's not going to be any water to drink. You're going to have to drink blood. And it is possible for you to drink blood, but but... It, it will ultimately end up killing you because it's not enough water, not enough hydration for our bodies. We're not designed to drink blood like bats. We're designed to drink water. And so we're going to be needing that water and not going to be able to have it because there's no water in the fresh water systems. But to, to add insult to injury, that this particular angel is going to be able to pour out his bowl on the sun, thus increasing the, the size and scope of the sun and, and increasing the radiation, the heat that is coming off of the sun insomuch that, that mankind is going to be scorched from the radiation that's coming from the sun. And the only way that they would be able to escape the effects of that radiation is to literally go into a concrete vault. Literally. So it would be the only way that you could hide from the, from the gamma rays and the radiation, the harmful effects of the sun. So many people, as they get scorched, understand that this is the external of their flesh burning under the intensity of this sun but from all of the radiation they're also going to be suffering different different types of aggressive cancers because there's just no way to be able to escape the vehemence of that sun and if you decided that that because it is known that concrete can repel much of the harmful radiation from from the sun so you start building these concrete structures to be able to get yourself into, but the sun is being increased in its temperature, increased in its vehemence. You go inside of that, that concrete vault, now you, you're in the kiln and you're going to get baked. It, it's just going to be an intensity of heat that you cannot keep up with. And, and your, your air conditioning systems are not going to be able to keep up with it. They'll overheat. They'll, they'll, they'll shut down. I mean, there's just no way for you to escape the scorching of the sun and and i thought it was interesting the other day it was it was really warm i think it was about two days ago it was pretty close about 96 here in north dakota but in the morning it was overcast and so the sun wasn't out at that point of time so my family and i we said hey 
let's get our exercise time in. Let's get our walk in. In the mornings, we don't have to worry about the intensity of sun in, in the evening. And so we, we all went out, and though it was an overcast sky, and the sun wasn't brightly shining, it was covered by the clouds, yet the radiation of the sun was certainly cooking, and I got some some sunburn, just a light, mild sunburn on my shoulders just from the intensity of the radiation of the sun without it even being in its full strength. So you can imagine what the sun is going to be like in this when the, when the angel pours out his bowl on that star that, that it will scorch men with fire. I Oh boy, that's going to be something. And it said that men were scorched with great heat and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. What in the world is wrong with mankind? <laughs> I just got to stop there and ask that question. What in the world is wrong with mankind that, that all of these things would transpire, that you've heard the gospel, that you've, you've listened to that, that 144,000, regardless of if you wanted to, to hear them or not, you slaughtered the martyred saints who were proclaiming the same message as that 144,000. You had angels flying through the sky proclaiming the same message you cannot say that there is no God. You cannot say that, that God doesn't exist or that, that, that in fact, there are a couple of times like when the chariots come rolling through where people feared God and they recognized his authority that they didn't repent. What is wrong with you people that you just refuse to repent? You know you should. You know that that in your heart you know that these things that we're studying are going to be a reality now with your mouth you might try to reject these things and with your thinking you might try to say well i don't know this is more of a fairy tale than 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 real but there's a place inside of you that you are, are really annoyed with right now there's a place inside of you that, that is driving you nuts because you know that this is a reality. You know these things are going to come to pass, and, and it bothers you that, that it's true. It bothers you that this is a reality, and, and you so struggle to try and make it a non-reality. You struggle to try and make it something that isn't the case so that you don't have to worry about it right now, but you can't hide from it. This is going to happen to the world. It's going to happen to those rejectors of God. And look what, they, they go through all of this pain. They're going through the scorching of the fire. They're going through this, this devastation of their world. And the only person who could possibly bring it to pass in such a vehemence as it is being brought to pass is their creator, God. And they refuse to give him glory. They blaspheme. They cuss him. They, they who all they would have to do is surrender their will and, and cry out to him that I personally believe that it would stop and that he would receive them. But no, they're not going to do that. They're going to cuss him and blaspheme his name. They're going to cuss him and refuse to surrender. And every last one of them are going to die. 
It's just ask the 300 of, of Spartans that would stand in the gap in Thermopylae uh, against the, the armies of Persia. Every last one of them is going to die simply because they refuse. They're not going to surrender. Now, in the one case, praise God. You protected your people. But in this case, you fool. All you had to do was return to your Creator and repent of your evil and that you could be saved. And you just won't. It's not that you can't. You won't. You've reached a place in your heart that you're settled with your righteousness and you're just not going to hear anything else of it. And so you're going to die. There's no, there's no other way for you. You're going to die because you are already determined in your own heart. It's not that, that God has determined that there's no way for you to be saved, and it's not that God has determined that, that he's going to put you in hell. That's not the case at all because we know God is not willing that any should perish. So this isn't something that God is doing because he's just decided that you're not worth it anymore and so he's given up on you. Not even the case. He hasn't given up on them for he had proclaimed the message through the martyred saints till they were all killed and he didn't give up on them because he proclaimed his message of salvation through the 144,000 till they were taken out of the way and he wasn't he hasn't given up on them even when there wasn't a voice of man to proclaim the gospel. He gave them angels flying through the sky. God never gave up on you. But your corruption gives up on God all the time. And this is an issue of man giving up on God. And in man's desire to cuss God and in man's desire to not repent, God is giving them the justice that they, they deserve at this point. And so we find the fifth bowl being poured out in verse number 10 and verse number 11 again. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and, and his kingdom became full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. Well, they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and did not repent of their deeds. Now, something important about verse number 11 that is revealed to you is the fact that every one of these plagues in their succession has not stopped or ceased for another plague to begin. But these plagues are compounded on top of each other. So at the first plague, when man would be gripped by this, this boils, by this loathsome and, and just foul stench-smelling sores, that's why I liken it to boils, because you know when you get a, a boil and it raises up and then it, then it festers and you finally get it open to get the infection out. It stinks. It's just nasty. It's horrible. And, and man is just covered from head to toe with these things. And then, of course, his oceanic systems and his freshwater systems are turned to blood and everything in them is now dead so that they do not have that avenue of to be able to survive off of, to be able to eat, to be able to feast upon. There's nothing left there. 
and and of course the the drinking water systems i mean every everything is going to be affected everyone is going to be affected they're all suffering in pain and in these sores and thus the sun is is enlarged which is the pouring out of the vial uh, vial on the sun and and thus it it scorches men so all of these things are still taking place when this angel pours out his bowl directly on the throne of the beast which is a testimony to the darkness of of the heart of man but the darkness of this kingdom and and the fact that they've had they've had uh, the sun the fact that they've had day and night the fact that they were they, they were believing themselves to be dwelling in the light during this period of time is going to be revealed to its reality by this bowl as being a time gripped by darkness and and it is a very powerful reality because though the people of the earth will be gripped by this darkness it doesn't affect the power of the sun the people will still be scorched by the sun they, they'll just be gripped by a darkness that they cannot see so ultimately if you ever wanted to know a, a scenario of what it'd be like to have hell on earth the place of torments, the place of the rich man, as he cried out to, to the wrong father, but as he cried out to Abraham that Lazarus could drop his finger in the water and just touch his tongue with some water as he's suffering in those torments and those flames and in that darkness. If ever you wanted to know what hell would be like on earth, it's right now. It's here in Revelation 16. It's with the bowl that enlarged the sun and caused it to be greatly vehement against the globe of the earth. And, and it is this darkness that has now been poured out upon the entire kingdom of that, that beast, that Antichrist. And the people, are ha they're just going to gnaw their tongues. I mean, literally, just to escape some of the external pain of your flesh bubbling under the intensity of the heat of of the sun but not being able to have the privilege of being able to see daylight because you're gripped by darkness at the whole time you're just literally biting your tongue to transfer a pain from outside to inside you just you're just suffering guys i mean there's just no other way to say this but a, but an intensity of suffering is unlike anything you've ever thought or could ever possibly imagine and it's coming this is a reality you're not gonna escape this you're not gonna evade this this is gonna happen and after all of this there's nothing left in mankind but to blaspheme and that that's what that's that's hell guys that's what hell is like right now all those souls trapped in in their torments just blaspheming god because there's no way for them to change the direction. There's no way for them to to alter their 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 place at this point of time. They're they're in that holding facility. They're they're facing that certainty of judgment in the future. There's just there's nothing left for them but that gnawing of their tongues in the darkness of their pit with the, the vehemence of the fire all around them and they just blaspheme God. And it's going to literally be that way on this earth as though it would be a hell on earth. They blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pain and their sores. And they did not repent of their deeds. 
In verse number 12, the scripture goes to say, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And it's really exciting about that in verse number 13, that he saw the unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, the mouth of the beast, and the mouth of the false prophet. And they are the spirits of demons. So, of course, we understand that there are unclean spirits, but it isn't just three unclean spirits. It's a multitude of unclean spirits. These are spirits that are going to go forth and that are going to literally empower the world to... Uh, have a strength supernatural outside of themselves to take a stand against the, against God. They're, they're getting ready to to come to war with Jesus. They they are uh, angered. They they are burnt. They are prepared to fight. And ultimately, as they decide, like was done back in Genesis chapter number 11, that they would build a tower at that point of time under the leadership of Nimrod that would stretch up to heaven to tell God they didn't need him anymore. Now you're going to have a deranged world that is going to gather an army to, to literally think that they're going to be able to fight against God. And it just isn't going to do them any good at this point. But the sixth angel's purpose was to dry up the river Euphrates. And the point behind that is to be able to bring the Asiatic countries of the east over into the Middle East in order to rise up and, and, and be at odds or at war with God. And he said the unclean spirits like frogs and, of course, the example of the frogs that would be spoken of would be like that which was the plague on Egypt where the frogs come out of the Nile River and just completely covered the palace and completely covered the, the land of Egypt in that day. This is the means by which the unclean spirits will completely cover the globe, filling the hearts of man with the wrath against God is essentially the case. And it said that they are they are spirits of demons, in verse 14, performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to battle the, of that great day of God Almighty. They're literally making their plans. And, and this is the funny thing. I don't understand this because... Well, actually, i got to take that back. I do understand this, the way that man sees things. We think that we're able to fight God. That's the way we see things. We think we're going to be able to beat God. And and the reality is is that we just, we're foolish. We don't know anything. <laughs> and it says, Behold, and Jesus is speaking at this point, and, and this is one of those moments where you see you're, you're pulled out for a second before being put back into this section. He said, Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they shall see his shame. Jesus is saying after the sixth bowl, Kids, you better pay attention. You better be vigilant. You better be watching because don't make the mistake to understand I'm coming back. And I'm not coming to be your friend. And I'm not coming to be your savior. I'm coming to destroy you. So you better pay attention. And it's going to happen when you're not prepared. 
and they gathered them together in the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. Welcome to the first 16 verses. And thus, on Thursday, we will look at the seventh bowl that shall be poured out. And, oh boy, at that, we enter into chapter number 17, the destruction of the religious kingdom. We enter into 18, the destruction of the secular kingdom. And we enter into 19, which fulfills the verses 14 to 16 in the gathering of the armies of the Antichrist to the battle against God. And in chapter 19, we see the great victory that is taken over them. So, a lot of great stuff to come. Thanks for being with us today. Hope that it blessed your soul to see these things that are going to happen. God bless you guys, keep you guys, and cause His face to shine upon you. We'll catch you tomorrow for Wisdom Wednesday. Y'all take care.